This week, Mike Mitchell, the Argos beat reporter from Fanside and CFL News Hub, drops in. The Red Blacks are in town. And hey, the pork rankings are back. Crack those beers. It's time for the Argos FanCast. Joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com, the VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Will. Hi, Dr. Dick. Well, I'm about to perform bad surgery. Or give you bad fantasy advice, one of the two. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. How's it going, everyone? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at facebook.com slash double blue order. On Instagram at The Double Blue Order. That is when they're not completely melted down. And on Twitter at Double Blue Order. Get your get your merch, doublebleuorder.ca. And you can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the show at Argos Fancast on Twitter and anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. All right, gentlemen. How was yes. the bye week? How was the bye week? Oh, um, well. Great. I guess it was a bye week. Yeah. The the tie cats lost. That's the reason why it was great. Um Ottawa won. Which was confusing as all hell. Well, those are our friends at the turf district are a little apoplectic, I think. But Mushwar <laughs> can't be any happier. And um yep. The Blue Bombers are good. Yeah, I think we kind of knew that. We're still the only team to beat them. Yeah, we're still the one in whatever their whatever their win count is in one. Yep. Yep. We're Brock Lesnar to their Undertaker. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I'm okay with that. We. Uh... I'm okay with that, and yeah, yeah, it, it was it was it was a good goodbye week. It rest my voice, and it's gonna be destroyed this week <laughs> no, no kidding yes um our beloved boatman play twice this week yes, you first double the podcast or one and a half something like the one maybe one and a half two I, yeah we're not sure yet but you will hear us again we're going to talk about uh ottawa this week and then uh in a couple of days, we're going to talk about uh, Ottawa and Hamilton. Well, you know what? I think it's time to bring some legitimacy back to uh, back to the show for uh, once. It's been it's been a little bit. 
Oh, um, do we have to? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring on a guy who, uh, well, he's he's brand new beat reporter for the Argos, uh, reports for Fan Sided and CFL News Hub, Mike Mitchell. Perfect. You guys have an awesome show. It's like it's such a contrast from a lot of the other shows that I listen to. It's a, you know, I'm a, a bit of a football nerd, but I like I like something different every now and again. And uh, you guys bring a lot of personality to the table. Ben 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 Grant was always uh, always talks well about you guys and how uh, much he enjoys your your uh, your podcast. So that's cool. Well, we see we're we're the one that you listen to with the beer in your hand. He's the one you listen to with a notepad in your hand. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah it's like uh, we go i just i've been sharing so many messages with him and we're like we're like breaking down you know the third and full, fourth fullback on the argos roster trying to yeah. you know so it's like it's like you know it's like uh we get into you know obviously with his coaching background and my nerddom if that's even a word um you know we we like uh, uh you know end up having conversations and discussions and all this stuff about all these nerdy all this nerdy football stuff so yeah every once in a while it's good to have a beer and just relax <laughs> all right well all right, it, it, with, so did with you that being said open your intro all that yeah well yeah, we welcome, yep. welcome to the fan cast i'm probably going to include that that whole you know plug for the uh the x's and argos as well in there because uh it that that worked out well for us um but welcome to the fan cast mike Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, before we get into uh, y- you bringing some legitimacy to our show, can you tell everybody where can they can find you and where can they uh, read your stuff? Uh, I suck at social media, but you can you can find me at at by Mike Mitchell B Y M I K E M I T C H E L on Twitter, um, and you know you can read my stuff at cflnewshub.com. I cover the CFL and obviously the Argonauts and uh, I cover the NFL too. Uh, I cover the New York Jets with the jetpress.com. So that's part of what I do. So there's an XFL news hub, whenever that league decides to show back up again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're starting, we're, we're came off of bye weeks. So you had a nice, relatively easy week and now you're into a nice long week for you. you've got two games to cover. Um, as do we, obviously, um, are, are you looking forward to, uh, this week with lots of, uh, Argo stuff to, to work on? Oh, it's tremendous. You know, it's fascinating to, you know, having two games. I know this is customary in the CFL to do this, but having two games in five days and then all the strategy that's involved, um, it's a little bit different than when Toronto had to play Hamilton back to back. And then, you know, you're holding back some stuff or Winnipeg earlier in the year. So um, it's fascinating to see the strategy that's involved and, you know, talk to people about this, you know, and had discussions about how Toronto's going to handle Ottawa and whether or not, whether or not they're going to treat the game as if it's, you know, kind of a preseason warm-up game and save their best for Hamilton, which I don't know if that's a wise strategy or not, but um, you got to say, I would take the red black serious. I know that that sounds laughable, but um Toronto hasn't reached the point yet as a team or a franchise where they can uh, take anyone lightly or where they can act like they're elite. They have to prove that they are. So let's win two games in a row first before you uh, start acting like, you know, we're running the league. So, I mean, that's, it's fascinating. It is fascinating to watch, to watch all the developments, to communicate with players and coaches and to 
and to see uh, how they tr- how they treat this. You know, guys, that, that I've never seen a franchise that like uh, Toronto that had this many injuries to their roster, and so many guys, so many talented players on the injured list and on the practice roster and all that. So they're gonna have a lot of uh, good uh, problems when when they eventually, hopefully, get healthy. Um, figuring out who's going to be on their active roster and who's not. So we're getting into a little bit of that now, but um, I, I think this is going to be a fascinating period. You know, you got half the season's already done. So for Toronto fans, it's been a while since the team's been relevant and in contention. They're coming off of obviously a one-year layoff because of COVID and all that craziness, but they had two straight four-win seasons. So it's been a while since this team has been in contention since the Tressman days. So, um, you know, that crazy Cinderella season. Yeah. So this is, it's fun to actually be in contention, but I get the sense talking to the players, the coaches, and people within the organization that Toronto's expectations are lofty. They think they're going to be hoisting the Grey Cup. That's their goal this year. This isn't a rebuilding team that's just happy to be in the mix. They would be very disappointed if they're not, you know, contending for the championship when the, when the smoke clears in December, I guess. Yeah. Well, I- it's uh, it's kind of uh, they come by it pretty honestly. I mean, uh, you know, Dinwiddie and uh, and Arbuckle both came through Calgary, where they were perennial contenders, um, but pretty much up until this year. So they 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 pretty much came up in the CFL, and you win. Period. That's it. There's you know anything it's less than a great cup victory is. When, when I'm sorry to interrupt, but when Ryan Dinwiddie was asked about, uh, you know, are you are you worried about bringing Chris Jones in? He has such a great resume and all that. He said, I'm comfortable in my own skin. This is all about winning the Grey Cup. That's why he's here. And then so that, that's all. Basically, that's the mentality. The Argos are all in. And you can see by their roster moves, the veterans they brought in. You know, they obviously Ryan Didby's a, a first-time head coach, and you got a relatively young quarterback in Arbuckle. Who knows if he's going to get his job back or not? We'll find out. But eventually, maybe, who knows? Depends how well McLeod plays. But it could be his job the rest of the way, barring health. So their, their mentality is, we're all in. And we expect to win. And so while there are a lot of Toronto fans, and understandably so, like just happy and giddy that this team is, wow, we're, here we are midseason, we're in first place. Isn't this great? After going 4-14, four two straight years in a row. But, um, you know, their mentality is a lot different. Their mentality is we should be better than four and three. And they feel like they haven't played to their potential. And when you watch the team, they've been very up and down. And so, you know, they're based on their performance and they were fortunate in a couple of these games that they won, obviously the crazy crossbar game against Hamilton, which they had no business even entertaining losing that game, but they almost did, which would have been crazy. Thankfully the, the uh, football went off the crossbar there, but, um, but, yeah, they've had a couple of games like that where they had to even sweat it out. Their most impressive victory of the season was against Winnipeg, obviously, at home. And that's looking more impressive by the day, seeing how great the Bombers are. But um, even in that game, they had to sweat out the last few seconds. So um, in a game that they, you know, handled Winnipeg very well at home. So um, this team has to uh, become consistent. If they're going to be a genuine contender, they have to win tomorrow night. Well, then. It's a team that is four and three, but has given up 26 more points than it's scored. And I, I, I tend to agree. The teams, I think, what, what they've won one, lost one, won one, lost one, and they, they really haven't. 
stamp themselves yet as an elite team in the league. I think, you know, people are sort of looking at them as sort of like a, a in a tier with sort of the BC Lions as, you know, teams that people don't right. really know what to, to think about. Yeah, they've been, they've been their performance and where they rank statistically, offensively, defensively. Everything's been kind of middle of the pack because they've been so up and down. They've been trying to find their identity. And yeah. their identity got changed a little bit on defense. That was a big loss, losing Glenn Young and, and Joshua Bell on the defensive side. And the last two weeks, pretty alarming. I understand losing Mwamba and Judge is a big factor towards this, but it's alarming how many rushing yards they've given up. 182 versus Saskatchewan, 178 against Montreal. You expect that against Montreal because, obviously, anytime you get that Vernon Adams-William standback duo, you're going to give up rushing yards. It goes without saying. But even Saskatchewan had their way with Toronto. So, And Chris Jones has to do a better job. I know the reputation. Uh, he's obviously a genius, great resume, all that. He's got a lot to live up to. So hopefully this bye week, you know, Caleb Evans comes out there and carves him up. Uh, that's not going to look, I know nobody's expecting that, although, although nobody expected him to have such a great game in his debut. That was crazy. But um, the, the Argos defense has to get back to playing to, like they were earlier in the season. They certainly have a lot of talent. And the Argos' offense has been inconsistent all year. So they haven't really carved out their identity on both sides of the ball where they're consistent every week with their performance. And if they truly want to be a championship team, they got to get to that point. They can't be up and down every week and not knowing what to expect from the team. Now, going specifically about the, this Ottawa game coming up on, uh, on Wednesday this week, um, what do you think the Argos need to do to contain this, you know, uh, well, we're hoping he's a flash in the pan, Caleb Evans. Um, but uh, but what do the Argos need to do to contain this Ottawa Red Blacks team? You know, they have a couple of playmakers. Obviously, the guy who scares you the most on Ottawa is Deadman on return. So my advice to Toronto, who has been up and down on special teams, with the exception of Boris Beatty, um, is don't kick to Deadman. As far as the Ottawa's... Uh, uh, offense goes, the Argos have had issues against mobile quarterbacks this year. Even guys who are not so mobile. Um, they give, uh, you know, guys like Dane Evans escaping from the pocket. Hilaros and, and uh, a couple weeks ago Cody Fajardo. So uh, Caleb Evans is very mobile. So you, you want to keep him in the pocket. He ran well last week. He was a, a talented uh, mobile quarterback in Louisiana Mon- Monroe. So I would say the best thing they can do is get Evans into second and long and then use that home crowd and the pass rush to keep him in the pocket and not let him escape and make plays. It, you know, Ottawa doesn't have the skill position level that Toronto has. Well, you know, they added Kenny Stafford, RJ Harris, is a decent player. Ryan Davis has made some plays this year for them. He's done a good job. So uh, good CFO rookie there. So they have some playmakers there, but a lot of police has a good offensive system. They just don't have the talent that other teams in the CFL do. So I would say, you know, the run defense has to show up. Now, getting Jack Kassar, it's going to be fascinating to see him playing on the mic. Um, middle linebackers, there. they had issues Toronto defending the run with Mwamba out of there, and then obviously judges out as well. So um, Kassar and McCoy will have to stand up against the run. I think the return of Drake Nevis is huge for the team. Uh, well, well, this would be the debut for Nevis because he hasn't put on an Argos uniform in the game. So, He's one of the better run stoppers in the CFL. So getting Nevis in there next to Oakman and company, that 
that could be helpful against the run too. You know, it's alarming the last couple of weeks how the Argos defense has played, so that's got me a little bit worried um, how they're going to perform on Wednesday night. But you want to get you want to get Ottawa into second and long and try to confuse the CFL rookie there and, and Evans into mistakes. I think that's a big key. So, um, what? So obviously, being from the New York area, what what attracted you to the CFL and how did you end up? Um, writing about the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, well, um, I'm a New York Jets fan originally and a New Jersey Generals fan. And um, and I love Doug Flutie. So when Doug Flutie made his way into the CFL, I was a casual CFL fan as a kid because I've always loved alternative football leagues, hence, you know, my fandom of the USFL. And in New York, I started, I started monitoring what was going on in the CFL. And then when Doug Flutie made his way I actually was a fan of the Argos before Flutie made his way there, but I became a rabid Argos fan when when uh, he uh, made his way into uh, Toronto. And uh, so, you know, those teams, the 91 Argos is what made me a CFL fan. And then from there, you know, I, the thing I loved about Toronto the most, and perhaps this is, speaks to my personality, was um, for whatever reason, Toronto's hated. And so big city, a lot, you know, they're kind of like ostracized. They're kind of, you know, there's, and I get a kick out of it. So um, I love the uniforms, the colors, the personality, the players through the years, um, you know, Gretzky and Candy and all that, and the Rocket and Flutie and Mike O'Shea and all those players. I just, everything about the franchise I love from the, the marketing, the, um, the the brand name, everything, uniforms, the players they had over the years, and just the Terry Greers, all those guys, Matt Dunnigan, Jimmy the Jet Cunningham. There's a lot of players that I love, and I love the CFL style of play. And so and being from New York, growing up on the NFL and college football and all that, I love the differences that the CFL had, the Canadian game. I love the speed of it. And then so um, with it, the field, the length, everything. So And the Toronto's an easy team for me to root for. So uh, I just so that's kind of that's kind of how I got into it. I'm I'm a little bit different. I would probably be in the minority when it comes to because I'm a diehard football fan. So I watch any football. So um, hence the reason why I've covered leagues like the XFL and others. Um, I have a deep appreciation for football players in general, and so I realize how many talented football players there are out there. And so um, I'm. Love the fact that the CFL exists, and I love that brand. I, lo- I love their brand, uh, and I love everything about the style of play in Canada. So, and the the, the Argos are such a fun team and a, a fun organization to follow, and it kind of like hurts me to an extent that they're an afterthought in Toronto. I just can't believe it because in the '90s, that franchise. You know, my I'm, I'm going to curse here. Maybe show a little bit of my New York side. That franchise was a shit. It was, it was, it was a big deal. And then over the years, it's, I can't believe in Toronto, it's like fourth or fifth in the pecking order. So, um, which makes me root for the franchise even more. So hopefully they win a bunch of great cups. And so my fandom is coming out here. I'm not, I know I'm supposed to be a journalist <laughs> here. I'm really supposed to declare my allegiance, but um, can't help it. They've been with me since I was a kid. And so, um, and I root for him even more so now than I did back in the day. And I get a kick out of opposing 
CFL fans who hate the Argos. So it just makes me laugh. Kind of like how people hate the Raiders or the Cowboys or the Yankees or whatever. <laughs> well, see, seeing as how you've been a, an Argos fan for a while, have you been able to get up here to see a game? I know currently that's not going not really that possible, but um, before, have you been able to get up here to see a game? I've always wanted to, and it's like one of my uh, regrets life sometimes. You know, but but what I'm hoping in the future in the Argos front office, the PR department, I, you know, they've been very nice. It, you know, if I have the opportunity, and I'm hoping maybe by next year, um, be able to be in a press box there at BMO watching the Argos play, and that's a hope for me. That's the one thing I have been able to be to the life, school, work, family, everything else. It's not that far away from my neck of the woods. Wow. No. Um, that's something. That's something. That's one of those bucket list kind of things where I would love to, to, to be able to do that in the future. And, you know, through covering the team, I'm hoping that um, in a year, hopefully the world doesn't get crazier. Um, <laughs> hopefully things get better. And so I'm um, hoping to make my way to Toronto and watch the Argos play. Well, we'll be, uh, be glad to have you up here and, uh, and, when you do eventually make it up, you may you have to get in touch with us. Make sure we bring you out to well, our version of a tailgate. Um, it's not as big as the as what they have da- down there, but I mean we still right. tailgate. I believe it. Yeah, and, and uh, Toronto's such a beautiful city. There's so so many things to offer there, but that's like the first thing I want to do is uh, be a, experience an Argos game in person, and that'd be cool. I appreciate the invitation. That'd be awesome. All right, now. Before we let you go, Mike, we got to get your your because anytime we've got somebody with any kind of legitimacy on, we we always have them make some uh, some picks for us. Um, so because we've got a, a full slate of games, I'm just going to r- rattle them off all all of them off, and I want to get your your thoughts on who's going to win. Um, wow. And, okay. So we'll start yeah. off with tomorrow. We've got the the Argos hosting the Red Blacks. Uh, Argos are eight and a half point favorites. Who do you got in that one? I'm taking Toronto, but I just, okay. I have a feeling and, you know, I have a feeling that Toronto is going to have to sweat this one out. I know they're favored by eight and a half that you mentioned there. Um, you know, on paper, Toronto's a much better team than Ottawa, but I, I just have a feeling that it's kind of like consistent with the way the season has gone for them. I think, uh, Ottawa's going to put up a fight there. I know a lot of people don't expect that. And so um, it's not going to be a comfortable victory, but it's, it's a crucial one for Toronto. So I'll take it Toronto and win that game 27-20. All right. Then Friday we've got Edmonton in Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg is 13-point favorites in this one, um, which, honestly, that may, that may not be enough. But uh, – <laughs> I'm Probably assuming right. you're gonna you're gonna pick Winnipeg in this one. <laughs> it's hard not to. You know, before the season started, I thought I thought Edmonton would be a much better team than they currently are. I thought oh, so did I. Good job. I think everybody. Yeah, did. I, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised at how bad they played. Um, you know, so it, they just seem to have a lot of good pieces on the offensive side. Be, I thought the defense would be halfway decent. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick against Winnipeg right now. You know. Um, yeah, you're right. That spread. I think Winnipeg could cover it. Winnipeg is a better team. It's scary because Winnipeg looks like a better team. Now. I don't know what's going to happen with the Kenny Lawler situation. That's not great for them. But well, Winnipeg they got David Roosevelt better. ready to step in. Yeah. 
Winnipeg looks like a better team this year than they were when they won the Grey Cup. And that's because, you know, our old buddy there, Kalaros, and then those receivers. You know, they, 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 have, they have a really good receiving core there with Dembski, who's a very personal player, he's like a part yeah. running back, part receiver. So, and then, of course, Lawler and Adams. So, uh, that pass rush, Andrew Harris, we already know how great he is. So, hard to pick against Winnipeg. Sooner or later, Edmonton's going to show some pride and put up a fight, but I, I don't know what's happened to them. They look like they're getting progressively worse as the season goes along. Not a good sign for them. But so they've got. The way it goes. And they've got the uh, Winnipeg also has the offensive line that you know the most important part has kept Zach Caleros. Oh, that's exactly right. Healthy. Yeah, these guys are monsters up there. Yeah, so they they just have every like in the past. There's so we, the guy O'Shea there was a tremendous coach, and they've always been so fundamentally sound. And they play a lot of boring ball, beat you up on the offensive line. Awesome pass rush. One of the few teams that can just run you over, just running the football. But now they've got that added element where they're so explosive in their passing. And it's making it very difficult to do, to, to beat those guys. So um, uh, I, I think Edmonton. I'm a fan of the underdogs, so it'd be cool to see Edmonton put up a fight and pull off an upset. But I just can't see it right now. Winnipeg's just too good, so they're gonna probably blow the doors off the out there. Uh, right now we move down the down the Trans Canada. We've got uh, Calgary visiting Saskatchewan. Ooh, that's a tough one too. You know that. And now what's the spread on that one? It's hard to tell. Like, I, I don't know what Riders team's gonna gonna show up. There's some weeks where the Riders look like a legit playoff contender, and they'll probably will make the playoffs. Um, Calgary's tricky. Like, uh, you know, they, I w- that's a flip of the coin game. Calgary, even though Calgary looks like you know this is finally a down season for them, they've been like, as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, they've been one of the elite franchises. Always been a playoff team contender. Um, I'll take Saskatchewan, but not with a lot of confidence. Probably close game there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yet Calgary won on Saturday, albeit it was at home. But yeah, yeah, like I can't count out Calgary because they have such a they have such a pedigree for winning. And I know, I know that they're not having a good season, and I don't know what's happened to Bo Levi, injuries and everything else. He's just hasn't been the same player. So, and, you know, they're very young. They have the youngest roster in the CFL, Calgary does. So, they, you know, you figure as the season goes along, they get progressively better. I, Calgary's the kind of team that can – they're not a bad team. The record, the record isn't great right now. But uh, they're not a pushover franchise. I think they're going to be competitive every week. They might – they don't make the playoffs. I think they might spoil someone else's playoffs hopes along the way. All right, and then we got uh, a couple games on Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, Ottawa is in uh, Montreal, uh, and uh, Montreal are six and a half point favorites on that one. Ottawa's second game of the week. You know, Montreal's—they have one of the scariest offenses in the league. Like that's not a bad—that's a bad matchup for Ottawa. Their defense against you know Vernon Adams and Standback and that crew. Um, Montreal, you know, for some crazy reason, Montreal hasn't won a lot of games this year at home. But they should, They, you know, you never know Caleb Evans. We'll see how they perform tomorrow night. But Montreal should win that game. They, they have to. If they want to be uh, one of the three wild card teams, one of the three playoff teams out of the East, they're good enough to be. Um, you know, they just got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They're, they're the, they outgain everybody in the league. 
So and then take stupid penalties. Field goals are touchdowns. They certainly have the firepower on offense to to stand toe to toe with anybody. So I, on paper, that doesn't look good for Ottawa. So um, especially with Montreal at home. So um, we'll we'll see how Ottawa looks going into that game. I mean, if they beat Toronto, well, then all of a sudden uh, everybody's going to be uh, hot on Caleb Evans and and the Red Blacks and their little hot mini streak there. But I I, I would pick Montreal in that game. Like I mean, I, I just want on Saturday, you know, Montreal turn it from a zero to a 10 in the span of, you know, just like that. You know, they, they seem like dead in the water against Hamilton. They were down 17-3 in the fourth quarter and they turned it up and, you know, Hamilton. Yeah, they have were, that potential. They have that yeah. potential to get hot and get on fire. And they just, they have, you know, Adams, you know, tends to make mistakes, but he's, you know, big play VA for a reason. And then Stanback is awesome running back, arguably the best in the league, if not the best and the second best. And so they and they have a really underrated and deep receiving core. They're an explosive team, like you said. They can go from they could go from zero to ten in a heartbeat. So they're dangerous. Uh, Montreal's dangerous. I, I I don't like that matchup for Ottawa. No matter what happens tomorrow night, I just don't think they're I don't think they're secondary Ottawa uh, Ottawa secondary can hang with that group. And uh, then we round out the week with Toronto's second game uh, in Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton favored by four and a half. Hmm. That's so. That's always a tough spot for for the Argos going. You know, a lot of it's contingent upon what they do tomorrow night, in Toronto. Because if McLeod plays well tomorrow night, you got to figure he's going to be starting when they go to Hamilton. And so yeah. that could be. That could be a season-defining moment. Tomorrow night's game's huge for Toronto because they could take a one-game lead, win another game in the division. They could take a full one-game lead over right. um, Ham- Hamilton division. And then if you go into Hamilton and win that game, the East is yours. So, I mean, it doesn't lock it up. You don't clinch anything, but you take a two-game lead. You win several games in a row in, within a division. Then you have 11 days off before you play Montreal. That's a huge game. You'd have to, you know, Hamilton's another team that, you know, I don't know what's going on with CDB. Sooner or later, he's going to break through. Masoli's hard to put your finger on. He doesn't seem like, you know, a lot like Bo Levi, he doesn't seem like the same player he was um, coming off the injury. They have, a, you know, getting uh, Addison back is huge for them. Really, Addison. So, and then, so they have some nice weapons over there on their offense. Their defense is pretty good. It's underrated. So, um, it's kind of gone under the radar. They've actually played well all season long. So that's a very tough spot. I hate to do it, but uh, no, no matter what happens on Wednesday, you got to favor uh, Hamilton in a close one there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. They I hate to say it. it. I know they're yeah. the heated rivals. I'm not saying the Argos can't beat the Tie Cats in Hamilton uh, next Monday, but. Um, but that's a tough spot. If Toronto does, then they've really arrived. They've got to break through at Tim Hortons Field eventually. Yeah. And, you know, the goal is to get back to that field one more time. So Exactly. Um, at the end of the rainbow there. So that's the goal. But if Toronto takes care of business tomorrow night and then they go to Hamilton and win that game, then there's no denying the fact that they're a legit contender for the throne. If well, they don't, yeah, so that's a, that's going to be a huge – that game 
when you're playing two games in five days, it's hard, difficult to say. It's obviously the third meeting between the Argos and Ticats this year, and they're going to play four times, maybe even five if they're both in the playoffs. Who knows? But uh, craziness. But, um, yeah, I think, I think you're going to find out a lot about both teams. Hamilton's better than they were at the beginning of the year. They started off, they started off cold. They've lost some heartbreakers. They, obviously, they, the last game they lost in overtime. So I'm not saying they're invincible. But that's been a tough spot for Toronto. So going in, it's a tough spot for anybody going to Tim Hortons and winning. But that's a huge measuring stick game. So um, I, begrudgingly, I'll favor Hamilton in that one. But, you know, it, you're, you're favoring Hamilton, but you're, you're going to pick Toronto, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? You're, 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 you're favoring Hamilton, but your pick is Toronto, right? Because, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, I kind of want to see the thing I don't like about Toronto in that situation is the two games in five days. That's tough. Yeah. For Toronto. Especially. That's, that's even, they're they're going to be beat. They're going to be beat up. And, you know, we'll see. I, I think it looks like guys like Hughes and Nevis and Law, they're not starting tomorrow night. It sounds like they're going to be at a pitch count. I think they're trying to keep these veterans healthy for that game specifically yeah. and because they've got two games in a five day stretch. So that's going to say a lot about the Argos. If they can play two games in a five day stretch and win two big divisional games, that's going to say a lot about how good the team is. We're going to find out. I, they haven't proved it yet that they've, in my opinion, the Argos haven't proved yet that they've arrived. They, they, you got to get on the field and win and you got to produce and be consistent. And so far there's a lot of promise, but we'll see if they can deliver on that so we'll see how it goes on that front all right mike we want to thank you very much for joining us on the fan cast and uh we'll uh, have to have you on again another time and we'll host you for a tailgate at some point yeah that sounds awesome i appreciate it i appreciate you guys having me on and uh thank you for letting me ramble on and not let anybody else speak (laughs) (laughs) that's everything you were saying was making sense so you know we, we figured we would this is our legitimate show for the week, I guess. So we would let you go. <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys do a great job. You guys are legitimate. I love your show. And it's uh, awesome. Uh, you know, I, I follow as many CFL shows as I can. It's awesome that the Argos have great podcasts like this one and X's and Argos. Um, fan base is lucky to have you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Thank you, Mike. Now you can go crack your crack your beer or finish your beer if you uh, started one <laughs> like we did. Um, but uh, you have a good rest of your night. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate you having me on. And that was Mike Mitchell from uh, CFL News Hub and Fan Sided. Um, a lot more. He's been around the CFL a lot longer than I expected. Yeah. No, it sounds like he's been a fan since. The 90s, and uh, you know what? He, he sounds very passionate about the team, and you know he, he brings up some very good points. You know, I think maybe for him as a New Yorker, it's kind of unfathomable that there's, you know, even though New York does have certain leagues with you know multiple teams, so you know a Mets fan's not going to be you know going to hate the Yankees and vice versa. But I think it, you can tell like it's kind of unfathomable to him that you know the city just chooses to ignore one of its teams the way yeah. a lot of people in Toronto do with the Argos and you know yeah. 
I think he's right. I mean, the, the theme he kept emphasizing was the Argos really need to. I mean, he he, he believes that game tomorrow could be closer, but really, wouldn't tomorrow be the right game for the Argos? I mean, it's not really gonna be a. It wouldn't be a statement game per se, but I think it's a statement game where you have to beat Ottawa by more than seven points. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I acknowledge the fact we can't look, we, we can't look past them right now because, you know, they did go out and beat Edmonton and, you know, you can say what you will about the, the elk season and how it's gone so far. But, you know, I was, as I said, I was kind of happy that Edmonton was able to, or sorry, that Evans first start was not against the Argos. Uh, but, yeah, because at least now we've got tape on them. Exactly. But I think part of making that statement, there's a two parts to the statement. Blow out Ottawa tomorrow and beat Hamilton in their house on Monday. Then you can make that statement. But, you know, if things go wrong, you know, we're just looking at an Argo team as sort of floating around 500 and inconsistent at best. Yep. Well, going into this game, I like you know, Mike put it. They, they need to be more consistent, and they yeah. and what you you said they need to make a at least make the first half of their statement and and really put Ottawa in their place. Yeah. Um. You know, I I've you know we've seen the progression on the defensive line from uh, from Sean Oakman, and I want to see more from him, especially when you've got. Um, you know Drake Nevis and uh, and Codero Law coming or drawing in as well. Um, but uh, and also Shane Ray as well. Like you know, we're starting to get the the guys that uh, pretty close to the guys that we thought were going to be on the, this defensive line. But I think you know seeing another great game from Sean Oakman is is going to be key. Especially with the with the younger quarterback they have. Let's just put these fuckers to the sword, shall we? That's one thing we haven't really done this year. We haven't no. put we haven't put a team we haven't put a team to the sword and completely taken them out. That needs to happen against Ottawa. I would prefer it also to happen against Hamilton. Don't get me wrong, but in order for this, in order for I think this team needs to needs a game like this, not as a tune-up for Hamilton, but more or less to get just to get some confidence and give them to give them the ability to get to the elite level. Mm-hmm. That would be, so I would say put 28 points on them in the first quarter and don't cruise. No, I would, keep put your foot on their throat and don't let off. Exactly. And that's and like I said, we haven't seen an Argo team do that in a long time. No. And, and it would be fitting that they do this on the third. Well, we're we're going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 1991 Grey Cup team. That uh, well, they did that a few times to people. Um, although, so, I, I, although ironically, Ottawa they were three and zero against Ottawa that year, but Ottawa actually played them relatively tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on a ramble here, but uh, the 
So the Argos did, the season opener was against Ottawa that year, and they won 35-18, to 18, but the, um, uh, but Ottawa, I think they were only, Toronto was only up about three points heading into the fourth quarter, and then Pinball had a long return for a touchdown. Uh, sorry, if to the, you know, a long return to like the two-yard line and Toronto cruised from there. Uh, they beat Ottawa in September 25 to 24, and then they beat them at Skydome 34 to 31. So, yeah, the 91 Rough Riders did play those 91 Argos close and tight. But we're celebrating 1991. This is 2021. So they can put their foot on the throat and not let off of these yes. uh, these red blacks. Yes, we, I would like. I would prefer a 1988 Argos Rough Riders version of the score. Fifty-two to three. Yep, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I just the Argos need. They need to step on the like. I yeah. don't, and and this is not said to be cocky or anything like that, but. They need to send that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I and you know as uh, as Mike also mentioned, it looks like there and you've also mentioned this. There looks to be some a few people on a pitch count here. Um, yeah. Some guys look like they were you know nicked up, so they opted to hold them out rather than start them in the in a game that uh, you know they need to set the them for the second half second yeah. half of the the two-game week, um, you know, we see uh, Jack Ka- Kasser getting his first start at middle linebacker. Right. Um, I, and, I some, mean, and some people are very excited to see that. Oh, I'm very excited to see that as well. Um, and I think the one thing that's going to really help him is you've got uh, Chris Edwards on one side and Dexter McCoyle Sr. on the other side who are both very, you know, they've been in all season. McCoyle Sr. has been rotating in and out, and Edwards has been been in all season. Um, we get to see Shane Ray, Drake Nevis, Cordero Law, uh, all on this defensive line. Um, this and is this is going to be Shane Ray's home debut, is it not? It I is. Believe, yes. It's going to be a lot of people's home debut. Yep. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, we've got a few few things. Uh, you know, Changes up. Um, Darius Bladek is uh, is is out. Yeah, picked yeah. up a little bit. So uh, Philip Blake, who's uh, starting to get healthy, is uh, is drawing in a left guard, and they're keeping the Castro at center. So they he must be doing something right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, same thing with John White. He's nicked up, so they're they're holding him out. And DJ Foster, who's very capable of uh, of you know carry, carrying the rock in place of John. Yeah. And, and they're also addressing quite a number of fullbacks, so I wonder if maybe they'll, if they need to spell out uh, Foster at all, whether they'll give them any carries. Yeah, well, you would have to assume so, in my opinion. Yeah. Because we know, because we all know Declan Cross is is a good runner with the ball too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 you know Ansel Robo, the the global player who. You know he has played running running back in the past too, so he has he's not just a straight up fullback. He's 
also a running back as well. So, you know, you, who knows, depending on, on how things go, you know, if Foster needs a break, you've got, you've got options there. Oh, so and yes, uh, we are doing a tribute to the 91 team to, or the Argos are doing a tribute to the 91 team tomorrow. So, um, I encourage you to, I encourage everybody to try get in the stadium to get the uh, sweaters, but uh, make sure to the three of us. Um, and I've got, and I've got three people in tow with me too. So there, there's six that, that, uh, that need those sweaters. Yeah. And uh, I was actually just pleasantly surprised because I didn't think they would be able to do anything this year because of the, pandemic but uh mike hogan told me that they're expecting you know 25 to 30 players to be up here and and apparently they're not they're not all going to be the the local you know canadians on that team that some guys you know from the states are going to come up that's fantastic i i'm looking forward to that yeah you know because that i mean you know i've said said it on here before that was the that was the team that I got to watch when when I first moved to the Toronto area. So, yeah. And I'm and I'm a little bit upset I cannot find my 1991 Grey Cup uh, patch that was on the hat. That is the only thing left of that hat. It's I, I wore that thing completely right out and it fell off at one point. So, it's somewhere in my house. I can't find it right now. I wanted to have that for this game, but. Yeah, I thought I might have had a. I, I I thought I had a '91 Argo hat at one point, but apparently not. But no, I'll be there tomorrow in my Rocket Ishmael jersey. And uh, if you haven't already purchased the Order of the Rocket, the book by our friend Paul Woods, uh, please go and do so. It's a uh, it's um. Uh, a fun a, and uh, shock, you know, shocking read into some of the things that were going on in Argo Land at the time. Mm-hmm. It's and it's a very, it's a very, I wouldn't say necessarily it's easy, but it's it, it's one of those reads that you just once you get into something, you just you kind of need to follow that 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 um, that part of the story out before right. you can put it down. Yeah. So and and those will be available uh, inside uh, BMO Field, or uh, you can probably find it at uh, many of your local bookstores. Uh, yep. Chapters Indigo and uh, and online, uh, pretty much anywhere that sells books is probably going to have the option to to get that in for you. Um, so go go get out, pick it up, and uh, enjoy this 1991 throwback. We're we're even wearing the A. On the helmet, the block A yeah. on the helmet. That's a sh- that's that's a bit of a shock to me because I didn't think they were allowed to have other buckets this year. Well, no, they're allowed to change out the stickers and the stripes. Oh, they're not allowed to change out the full helmet. Oh, so okay. And all, so, so all they're doing is just changing out the uh, the sticker on the side and putting the the single blue stripe down the down the middle that they had at that time too. Ah, uh, okay. All right, my bad. So, 
I think the jerseys, it, that would be harder to... It would be really nice if they could uh, do something. That would be a shock if they did. But that would just that would just cut, catch every single fan off guard if they had an if they had ninety one throwback available or they had ninety one throwback jerseys on for the game tomorrow, and then you would have to figure that they would have to be on sale both at the stadium and on real at non real sports like within the first half hour. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think we're getting the nineties jerseys. I don't think no. so either. I don't think yeah. so either, but but I mean it would be one hell of a shock if they did. It would yeah, it would be nice. You know, you know, they, you know, you know it'd be cool if the if the coaches wore those uh those those white numbers Toronto that Arena used to wear. Or the, the, the sweater that you know the coaches' sweater that they used to have they have the, back right. in the day? The, the one, the one that had, the, well, the one that uh, that the three of our heads are photoshopped on. Yeah. That one. Yep. That that was. Be- I, I never saw. Okay. Okay. Yes, I have a picture. Uh, well, <laughs> not a, our listeners aren't going to see it, but uh, uh, you know, Adam Rita in that ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> hey, they all. They, every team had an ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. Around that time. Oui. Yeah, Oui is right. Oui. Oh, oh that's bad. <laughs> that, is, that is so bad, I love it. So, if by chance they were able to come out with the, uh, the 91 jerseys and shock us, who gets the bold lettering that Ishmael had? Oh, on our team. Hmm. <laughs> well, tough call. It's hard to say. Yeah, I was trying. I, I was looking at the 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 thing, and that was the one thing that I thought. I'm like, okay, who? Who? Well, gets it? I think the answer may be simple. <laughs> And um, the answer is Ellie Menser, linebacker, <laughs> number twenty-five. He's not even playing. He's not. He's uh, he's just as a defensive end, I think. Yes, we do have a number twenty-five on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you could do that. You know, um, Shaquille Richardson, tribute to uh, Daryl, the late Daryl K. Smith, or of course Jamal Campbell. You know, do a tribute to the late Chris Schultz. Or you got uh, Chandler Worthy and uh, Paul Mazzotti. Yeah. Or you have uh, Chris Edwards for David Williams, or Antonio Pipkin for Matt, Matt Dunnigan, or number fourteen for. Um, Ricky Foggy. Yep. Or number two, Ricky well, Collins. Reggie, there's so many options here. But there is only one. Old number years. 31. Yep. And yeah, I I think they, they, they essentially retired that number as soon as he retired. Um, they didn't officially pinball. They oh, no, they were, they were, I think they retired it that night. 
Really? I think they I did. I remember being there, and I think they retired it almost instantaneously. Okay. No, nobody wore, nobody, yeah. Yeah, well, only, I was going to say, yeah. it, it was it was the unwritten rule. You don't wear pinball's jersey until they officially did it, but yeah. Well, I, you, think, I think they officially retired it that night. As everyone's frantically looking it up. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna trust Will on this one, um, because his ar- his Argo brain is bigger than ours. I'll just confirm this with uh... cross reference with James Frazier. I'm sure he'll know too. Even though he, even though I think his specialty is further back. All right, well, Will's looking that up since he doesn't do uh, so well in fantasy advice. Well, I... Although this week he beat us. Yeah, (laughs) apparently, yeah, you beat us. What the hell? Well, okay, no, but... So, the challenge this week is... uh, So, you know, the Argos technically... The Argos and the Red Blacks play twice. But what I think... What I forgot they do is they yank the price up on everybody playing for those teams. Yeah. So you got McLeod Bethel Thompson going for fourteen thousand, uh, and you're, you know you're guaranteed one start out of that. But who the heck knows what's going to happen come Monday? And, and you know, and same thing with DJ Foster. He's he's still yeah. relatively affordable at eight thousand, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't, and you know, it's John White did practice for a bit this week, so you know they could be erring on the side of caution and holding him out till. Yep. But Chandler Worthy shot up to seventy five hundred. Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, the only, I mean, I might the Argo defense at thirty two hundred still looks like a decent enough option. Yeah. They could score. Yeah, they, they. It might be the. the this will be the one time that the uh, defense might might work out in your favor. Because you're gambling on a, on a lot of. If you're like, I mean, if me like, my team is looking relatively bare. I am gambling on the on um, McLeod Bethel Thompson Law Firm and uh, DJ Foster um, playing in both games, um, and then I've. I'm I'm riding Keenan Schaefer Baker until uh, until we're not and until he proves me proves me wrong. Um, and at forty five hundred dollars, he's still decently priced. And then I have to pick somebody from Ottawa because they're playing two games. So I'm uh, I'm toying between Devonte Deadman or uh, or Nate Bahar. You're just, you're just doing that. You're just doing that to score points with Mishwar, aren't you? No, I'm just doing that because I scored 88 <laughs> points last week, and I, <laughs> and I am not good at this. So no. I'm going to go and I, go with I, guys I, who've got two paydays for me. I I have I have scraped a hundred this week for the first time in like forever. Oh. <sighs> 
so close to breaking 100 this week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, or like I, yeah, it's like I only have like a few hours to figure this out, and I have no idea where the hell I'm gonna go with it. No, and yeah, if I can figure out a way to put Ch- get Chandler Worthy in there, I might. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, because right now I've got five guys on my team, and and I've got twenty four bucks left to work with. Yeah, so, so do I. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so A- Angelo V confirms that yes, Pitbull's number thirty one was retired the same night of his last game. That was fast. Yep. I put it out to the Argoverse on Twitter and uh <laughs> look, um Well, if Will if Will doesn't know something about the Argos, he can find it out in about three minutes. Yep. <laughs> All right, get the the Pick'em games. Um, Ottawa, Toronto. I'm. You know what? I Toronto has to make the statement, so I'm going with that. Toronto by double digits. Yeah. Stomp a mud hole and walk stomp it dry, them. boy. Yeah. <laughs> walk it dry and stomp them again. Uh, Friday, we've got Edmonton and, and Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg. I, I, Edmonton's just a bloody mess right now. Hey, you guys, okay, you guys remember watching like Raw in like the late 90s during the Attitude Era? Sure. And, and yeah. Will, and William Regal was out there. He's a man. No, it, no, it was after that. It was way after that. Such a man. And Such basically, and he was out. Would you stop? <laughs> As I channel Gorilla Monsoon here. Anyway, um, he was out. He was, it was like this one point where he's out there and he's starting to read Shakespeare to a crowd, and I think they were in like Alabama or something. Oh God. So, and he started reading Shakespeare, and then he hit one line. Out comes Stolen Cold. Walks in the ring, kick wham stunner, walks back out. So arrive, stunner, leave. That's what Winnipeg is going to do here. Arrive, stunner, leave. No, no, my hope favorite, in, no hope in hell for the Elks. My favorite was when, um, what's his face? Jeff Jarrett, they, they brought back the silly NWA title briefly. Uh, Jeff Jarrett won, and he's... Doing uh, well, what the hell's that called in the ring? Um, strut. That's strut. strut <laughs> yes, and then Austin just shows up and stuns him. You know what? You could at that time you could basically throw anybody out there and have Steve Austin just show up, stun them, and leave, and it would have been good TV. I don't think you could have done that to anybody. You know, some some may be a little bit different than others. You know, like if he came out and stunned the stunned the Undertaker, it'd be like holy crap. But you know, comes out and stuns Jeff Jarrett, you're laughing. See, I think I think that's I, like that's like the wrestling version of the Gong Show. Gong. That's the wrestling version of the Gong Show. Someone comes out, they start beaking off. Someone someone just walks some swaggering guy walks over, breaks a pane of glass. Out comes Stone Cold, stuns the talent, walks back, and that's it. 
Yeah, that's the gone. That's the gone show. All right. So you have soap operas going on in three CFL cities right now. Edmonton, you know, things seem like they're not uh, going too well behind the scenes. Uh, You know, Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg has, you know, Kenny Lawler got arrested. Days of our big honors. Mr. (laughs) Fajardo and his. Taking things a little bit close, too close to the heart. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So they went out and signed the bold and the rough riders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and speaking of, uh, and, and well, if anybody's that question, yeah, Winnipeg by plus the points, um, a lot. Yeah. Saskatchewan and Calgary. I'm picking Saskatchewan here just because they're home. And I don't think the Calgary team we saw last weekend was for real. Well, I'm picking Calgary because, well, because you don't like Saskatchewan. That's oh yes. Doug, uh, this this one this one always confuses me, but um, I think gonna, I think I'm gonna go Saskatchewan because of the home because of the home uh, building advantage. Yep. All right, and then we got the uh, the second game for the the Ottawa Red Blacks at in Montreal, um, Montreal by six and a half and. Uh, are we going to get the high high flying Alouettes at home this year, or are they, or are they going to be a bunch of turkeys and just stay low to the ground? <laughs> I'm not. Pre- I'm going to be a coward and say I'm not prepared to make a selection on this game until we uh, our next show later in the week. Well, I'm going to pick Montreal, but reserve the right to make to uh, to change my pick. Um, based on what we see on Wednesday. Probably not going to change, but... And then... Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, we'll save the other one for... I, I think, think we I think we certainly save Argos Ticats picks until the next... Yes. I, you know, it, we're, I mean, we're obviously all picking the Argonauts. It just, I think it all depends on by how much. And that will depend on uh, on what comes out of... Uh, of Wednesday night. Tomorrow. Yes. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? The longest three minutes in podcast history. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we got the so pork rankings. Pork rankings came out, um, and I'm actually quite pleased with this one. Uh, basically, the basically they have the bombers on an island of their own. Well, of course, like as if there's any sort of debate there, even though the Argos are the one in the in whatever how many wins they get and one. Uh, but the Argos are actually in second, and they're Kahlua pork. I've never had it, but I really want it. <laughs> I, th- you know, you know something. I I kind of want it too. Traditionally slow cooked in a pit underground for hours. No liquor needed for this one. Just a little bit of patience. A luau favorite. Enjoy. Yes. I re- I remember yes. the Imperial Palace used to have luau's every now and then. I never, I never went to one. I should have. 
Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the writers hand for cuts. Uh, oh, the owls. The owls are something called mojo pork. Mojo pork. Yeah, a slow cooker recipe that makes you want that makes you wait for hours, but it is amazing in the end. And when you finally get your mojo get your mojo going, the wait is worth it. Okay. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Okay, so then we're getting into the bottom half here. The stamps are the pig's ear. Yeah. <laughs> Typically an appetizer, the outer texture is gelatinous, and the center cartilage is crunchy. Look, some people eat it if hungry enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm out with that one. Yeah, like, like I said, it gets worse. The, the slag suckers from down the road, they're pork cobbler. It's like it's and like any cobbler, you just keep throwing things in it, hoping it'll be better the next time. Sooner or later, it should taste good again. Hopefully in a, hopefully in a few weeks, but not, not but not coming up this weekend. Um, let's see. The lions are pork liver. You uh, yeah, don't run away so fast. This is this is very nutritious. Lots lots of good lots of good stuff in it for you. You could think of it like a pork blind date with a good personality. Okay. Uh, okay. The Red Blacks are surprise pork. <laughs> Can we just stop for a moment and give kudos to the entire Red Blacks organization and team for continuing the battle and fix things? Well done. So apparently they're just <laughs> a pork surprise. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, the Elks are potted meat. I've never heard good things. I've heard I've never heard of you before and hope to never hear of you again. This is basically cat food for people. People with zero self-respect. With a poop emoji on the end of it. You. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Not a fan. Not a no. fan of that one. Nope. All right. Uh, what's what's next we got here? Oh, tweets from Kazakhstan. <laughs> tweets from Kazakhstan. Now they've now I now they've well, with with the birthday so. Oh, by the way, before I continue, happy happy 148th birthday, Toronto Argonauts. You don't look like, you don't look a day over 100. Nope. Happy birthday, Toronto Argonauts. The oldest running, continuously run professional sports franchise in North America. Don't let any slag sucker tell you otherwise. Because they're wrong. Their own team admits it. And, and on so many levels. And and the dilute them all that the fans take to try and get themselves to think that just a point score is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm before, yeah. Just as a quick aside here, I mean, I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, this is funny because it's because I actually had a pretty good analogy for it that uh, that uh, that the DBO put out. So, mm -hmm. and uh, basically, it's like, and I've and I and I've been since corrected about this. This that's what makes it even funnier. Um, okay, so basically, I. It's basically in 1952, cats died. 
one black and yellow, one red and white. And a group of, and a group of uh, and a group of citizens came along, duct taped the two corpses together, and is now trying to pass it off as a black and yellow one with 1869 written across them both in crayon. <laughs> both teams died to make the new one, and the current team is a Frankenstein. It's a Frankenstein monster. Well, now I have been since corrected because friend of the show, friend of mine, Josh McGee, came out and said. Also, the black and yellow one is a replacement kitty for the old black and yellow one that died a few years before, but they pretend like the black and yellow cat never died. So I yeah. so, so that's basically like the parents replacing the cat, hoping the kids wouldn't notice. I, I read through the Thai Cats uh, history about that. And, you know, we, we all talk about, OK, there's there was the tigers and there was the wildcats. Um, there was also the alerts. And then there was like four or five teams that like when one team died, another team came up and then they resurrected this and resurrected then like, okay, whatever your, your history is very confusing. No wonder they only say 150 years of Hamilton football. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back yeah. to Kazakhstan, back to Kazakhstan as we, as we fly back from, as we fly from Hamilton to Almaty, Kazakhstan, uh, well, they well they replied to that tweet, asking, "So, do they eat them raw? Do they want to eat them raw?" <laughs> Probably, I wouldn't know. Um, let's see another one here. My and this is all in the same favorite. vein, mind you. Yeah. It's like uh, to uh, and this was this was in response to our friend to our friend Rory and. Uh, the the self-proclaimed smartest man in Canada, much, very much like this, much like how Myron Mike Sharp was the self-proclaimed Canada's strongest man. Well, Peter Dakowski did win a TV game show called Canada's Smartest Person, something like that. Ah, you put you put me and him one on one in Jeopardy, I'll school him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so he so in response to a bunch of other things, he said, "Everyone knows that Peter's the best Argonaut in Eastern Europe, but he can't count." <laughs> My favorite was when they they replied to the uh, Argonauts injury report. <laughs> yeah. uh, you gave <laughs> them yak milk and potatoes. That's good. Cook the potatoes, but not the milk. I love these guys. (laughs) Yep. They are fantastic. Uh, So that's that. So that's tweets from Kazakhstan. Uh, Let me just see. Is there anything else here? Oh, apparently there was another article that the CFL put out just recently. I think it might have been sometime today. But apparently there is an Instagram account now called CFL League Fits. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, CFL caught wind of that. And there was a little there's a little article on CFL.ca about it. And apparently it's just all it's all about players and the clothes they wear, f- apparently, for traveling. 
cool. And I gotta say, some of them are pretty darn good. It's like I I wish my wardrobe was as was as diverse. <laughs> Um, who the hell is that? There's there's one, if the Winnipeg Blue Bomber player with a uh, a a ski mask on with a a money symbol. That's uh that's Mike Jones apparently. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know about, but I think the I think the best one was uh, was uh, was Chris Ackey standing in front of the standing in front of the Alouettes old ass seven thirty seven two hundred series. That's I like I said I wish I had that diverse of a wardrobe. Unfortunately, it's just all t shirts and jeans and <laughs> shorts. <laughs> Yeah, some sometimes it's it's worth it. Sometimes it's uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much like this. You, okay, who the hell is that one? I just saw one with a very old school gray cup shirt here. Dijon Brissette, of course, of course, it's an Argonaut with a great. 1995 gray cup shirt. I knew I recognized that shirt. 1995 Grey Cup shirt, and this looks like I'm, it was one of the original ones from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Damn. All right. Yeah. So if you want to, so if you want to check some of these out for yourself, it's CFL League Fits on Instagram. I'm following them now. Same. Instagram. Yeah, if you can, if they're, We're, if if they stay up enough, if, unless unless the hamster in the server dies. All right, I think that's it. We we got to get prepared for uh, the game tomorrow. Will, where can they find you? On Twitter at ArgoFans or at at ArgoFans.com. Doug, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at DougB519. You could find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. Get, get some merch, doublebleeorder.ca. And you can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. We want to thank Mike Mitchell for joining us. That does it for the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. We will talk to you for Week 10 Part 2. Electric Boogaloo. Something like that. Yes. Cheers.